Welcome back to Dana Mahina and Harmony Beats Balance, where we learn to settle smarter by making conscious trade-offs and not, by the way, cheating ourselves. This is the new version of me, the shows, and all that is good for you for the taking. This is free. Welcome my very special guest and dear colleague and co-creator of seven years, Sonia. Hi. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. It's really weird to be on when I'm usually behind the scenes and just watching, Dana, watching you do the intro when I hear it and I never see you do it. It was really, really cool. It was like seeing a unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) Unicorns do exist. Rainbows and unicorns for everyone listening today. And Sonia loves the limelight. So today, Sonia, is all about you. Just kidding. It's all about you sharing some of our first exciting and inspiring and necessary questions from our listeners on the Dear Dana Mahina, the modernization of Dear Abby. For those of you old enough to remember that newspaper section, I grew up actually reading Dear Abby. And even though I was probably an old soul and a young person reading that section in the newspaper, her beat, if you will, really inspired me. It inspired me to study journalism. It inspired me to want to help people. And Dear Abby seemed to have the answer for everything from, you know, what to make for dinner, for a dinner party back in the 50s and 60s, even before I was born, I would read her old clippings to I'm dealing with a friendship issue and I need help because it's really hard to be with a friend who ends up technically being toxic, which I wrote about in my book, which many of you have read. So yeah, she was tackling really important issues in a really concise and practical and actionable way. And she really inspired me. So we're, we're paying homage to her and then modernizing it today. And Sonia, you're going to read some of the Dear Dana Mahina questions that we have. And remember, you can all direct message me. You can email me. All the ways to find me, we're going to share throughout the show. And Sonia will help us do that with the new brand that we have, DanaMahina.com. And we'll talk about all the ways you can reach us to get your questions answered of what's on your mind and in your heart and really what you're struggling with. So let's talk about people's questions and then I'll do everything in my power to dear Abby them. All right, let's go. So um, I've got some questions here and what I've kind of, what we've kind of done is look through social media and seen the questions you guys have asked us through Instagram at Dana.Mahina, Twitter at Dana Mahina, LinkedIn at Dana Mahina, <laughs> as well as anything you guys sent us in through our new website. So first off for the first Dana Mahina, dear Dana Mahina, I am afraid to truly show myself at work. How do you do it without fear of retaliation? Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. The retaliation word, this one is really important because this is actually more complex than just showing up as your full self at work. So I'm going to take the simple part and then I'm going to end with the complex part, which is the retaliation word. That means potentially that you have dealt with this before or that you have valid concern as to why there might be retaliation or you've seen it happen to others who've shown up truly as themselves. So the simple part of this, not that it's easy, is that to show up truly as yourself, first and foremost, I want you to take a quick assessment of your workplace. So all of you listening right now, this applies to you as well, even though this is the same question you all have on your mind or in your heart. 
I want you to realize most of us have cultural issues at work, whether we're live, virtual, a hybrid approach, given where you're at in the world, there are cultural issues at work. So first of all, I want you to score your workplace culturally. It's a workplace where you are enabled, empowered, and encouraged, the three E's to be yourself at work, score one to 10, one being absolute crap and 10 being the most authentic workplace. It's a cultural 10 out of 10. Start there. So take a second, everyone score your workplace. Anyone five or below, you are not in a healthy workplace. You are not encouraged to be yourself, empowered, equipped, all those E's, energized. So you already have a challenge on your hands where you have to actually tread lightly. You can't just completely be yourself at work, whether you know, you're a guy wearing stilettos or you're a woman who needs to take time off to be with your kids and they don't encourage it or whatever your situation is. You're probably in a workplace that doesn't encourage that. So I'm actually going to encourage you to tread lightly and test it, test it safely and add little peppered pieces of yourself and see how it resonates. If humanly possible, get in a workplace that's above the five. If you have any opportunity to be in a healthier workplace, go for it. This is the time, by the way, if you don't know about the great resignation, people are flocking out of workplaces, especially old school workplaces. If you have an opportunity to moonlight and test it and start your own gig, now's the time. Technology and the virtual workplace allows and encourages it. So that would be my encouragement to you. Now, on the complex piece of this, uh, if you're in an eight, nine, or 10 workplace, by the way, go ahead and be yourself. Just do it. Just take your opportunity to test it out in a bigger way. Don't just leak tiny little pieces of yourself out there to see how it goes. Just as I call it, what people say to me, fly your freak flag, just be yourself and expect good things, expect encouragement, expect accolades. And also you're leading the way for others to be themselves. And the more we all show up as our full authentic selves, the healthier the workplace and the work product, we can have a productivity measure that would prove to you that Actual being yourself improves the results at work for everyone and the employer benefits, by the way, and the clients benefit. And if you have vendors and partners, they benefit. So go for it if you're in an eight, nine or 10 scenario. Now, the retaliation word tells me that you've probably seen or experienced something retaliatory in front of you at the current workplace or to you in the current workplace or, and this is an important aside, in the Dear Dana Mahina world, there's something called is this now or was that then? Maybe this happened to you before and maybe your score for your workplace is above a five. In fact, maybe it is an eight, nine or 10. And maybe you don't actually have retaliatory stuff happening at work, but you did before or you witnessed it before. So first check yourself before you wreck yourself. Was that then or is this now? Was that then or is this now? Was that then or is this now? I, I use this in my coaching practice all the time with teams and individuals And we really have to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves because we may be telling ourselves an old story that isn't true anymore. So if there is retaliatory stuff happening, you need to get help. And I call that stop, drop, and roll. You need to go to HR. You need to go to your boss if your boss is safe. You need to talk to a friend outside of work who's a safe harbor, who's objective, and who you can trust. You know, you can obviously write to us and we'll give you some more insight and help. We have free videos that can help you with this as well. We need to get posting. Sonia, that's to us. We need to do more posting. 
<laughs> stop, drop, and roll. We need to get that one out there as soon as humanly possible. So there are ways for you to be safe at work if you're actually concerned about real retaliation. And it, it usually is stop it before it starts. And if that doesn't work, drop what you're doing and get help. Tell someone, ask for help, make sure you're covered. And if it's really, really bad, the role is, is get out, get out of there. Okay. So let's go to the next question. All right. So the next question um, actually comes from our website um, and it relates to one of our videos, the guilt at work, right? So guilt is not an emotion. So this person says, I've watched your video on guilt at work. And while I love the tool, it's really hard to practice this by myself. How do you suggest I do it without a partner to practice with? So if you don't find a partner or a group at work, find one outside of work and then bring the result to work. So here's what I mean by that. You want to have at least one accountability partner in life. It is very rare and, and heartbreaking if you don't have one person you can trust. So I encourage you to find, create, co-create one relationship in life. It does not need to be at work. In fact, it might be simpler and even better for you not to be at work where you've got someone to help you hold yourself accountable. And of course, I always encourage you to do the same in reverse. So Sonia, we obviously have done that with each other yep. for seven years. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's not for the faint of heart, right? No, no, not at all. It's actually probably the most difficult discussions you will have when you have an accountability partner and you have to have these, these harder discussions, you need to one trust that the person has your best interest at heart, but also that they're going to be honest with you, that they're not going to sugarcoat it because they're worried they're going to hurt your feelings or that you won't be able to hear the wisdom behind whatever it is you're insecure about. So that's also that open line of communication, I think is very, very important. And yeah, hopefully you have at least one person in your life that you can talk to like that. And if you don't, obviously there is positive, healthy, social stuff happening out there. So, you know, whether it is a platform where you can talk to a total stranger, I mean, in some cases it might be, I don't know, let's say you go to church and it's not someone you actually know, but there is someone even after church where you can just kind of lay your heart out there and get some help. So you can find groups in different ways, virtually or live. And so I would really encourage you to work it through with someone. And Sonia, I didn't warn you, and I know you're <laughs> going to love this. Let's let's just model it now. So Sonia, I want you to okay. actually pretend you're sharing with me that you have guilt at work. And I'm just going to run you through a few questions because if nothing else, you, uh, dear Dana Mahina follower, you might try this with yourself using my voice as your accountability partner. If you really don't have someone to do this with, otherwise give them my script, let them listen to this and they can, you know, go through this with you. So let's try it now. So you're going to say to me, you know, I've got guilt at work. Okay. Dear Dana Mahina, I have a lot of guilt at work. I feel like I can't prioritize my the me time that I would like, I can't prioritize my friends and my family without feeling like I'm also at the same time neglecting my work. What do you suggest I do? Great. I'm really glad you shared that with me. And I want to just remind you that guilt is not an emotion. And in fact, it's manipulation and it's manufactured. It's not real. It feels real. And in your case, I can tell from the last thing you said that you really aren't meeting deadlines or you don't feel totally 
equipped to do what you need to do at work because of guilt and not meeting other people's expectations that you are probably right. You're probably not meeting your deadlines. So let's start there. Are you meeting your deadlines? Um, I think I meet not all of them. Let me say not all of them. <laughs> okay. And so when you don't meet your deadlines, what is your approach to letting your boss or whomever it is that's relying on, you know, that you're not going to meet your deadlines? How do you oh, deal with that? I tend to just send it to them once I'm done. I don't really tell them. Ah, okay. So let me remind you of the dictionary's definition of guilt is that you've committed a crime or done something unethical. Would you say that that's true? No. Okay. Would you like to actually be more responsible and accountable, which is the opposite of guilt? Would that interest you? Yes, very much. Excellent. Would you be willing, dear Sonia, to (laughs) let your boss or whomever's relying on you know ahead of time that you're not going to meet a deadline and why that is and how you need support in order to meet it? I think that's worth a shot. Yes. <laughs> I think I can okay. give that a try. <laughs> and on the next show, we will talk about micro habits. It's a little refinement and adjustment. Just that little adjustment will help you feel less guilty. Now, when it comes to guilt outside of work that you're bringing to work, it has no business coming to work with you. So my encouragement is really make sure the guilt is real. It's probably not because you have not done something illegal or unethical. And most of you listeners... I pray this is true. I have not done something illegal or unethical. You're just dealing with everyday guilt, which is a plague. And then I want you to also realize that if you are feeling bad about something that's real, especially let's say in a work context or even in a friendship context for that matter, or yourself, just dealing with yourself and your own well-being, or any context in the facets we talk about with friends and community, I want you to realize there's probably a way out because it's not actually guilt. It's either you're not following through. You made a promise that you can't keep, or you don't want to keep. You've said yes to something when you really mean no, and you feel bad or guilty about it. So to rectify it, it's actually about communication, clarity, and confidence, communication, clarity, confidence. Okay. Okay. Great. (laughs) Let's go to the next one. We're on a roll. All right. So next one is dear Dana Mahina, what is the best way to integrate the five facets into an actual routine? Ooh. Okay. First of all, quick reminder, career, family, friends, community, and your own well-being are the universal life facets that we all share. And let me add the quickest way for those of us with ADD, like myself, the quickest way to integrate the five facets of life is to not integrate all of them at one time. So First and foremost, it is literally not possible to integrate all those five things together at one time. It is very possible. And in fact, I encourage you to try two or three of those integration points. So right now we're going to do another pop quiz. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Sonia, you're going to be the guinea pig. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So of career, family, friendships, community, and well-being. Are there two or three of those that stand out for you right now as the most important places to spend your time and energy? Yes, they are family, well-being, and career. Beautiful. So with your family and well-being, since you said them in that order, I'm going to take those first. Okay. Is there something that you can integrate right now that involves your family and your own well-being? 
Maybe it's something you do for your health. Maybe it's something you do for your welfare. Maybe it's something you do for fun. Does anything come to mind? Yeah. So oftentimes because um, of my work schedule and my husband's, like we don't always have dinner together. We'll just kind of eat, you know, and whatever we can or whenever we get hungry. But I think, you know, sitting down and having dinner together every night would having the time to sit down, you know, the old way of like, you put the phones in the table, the first person who touches the phone, like loses or whatever, like just no phones, no electronics, <laughs> just sit down and spend time with each other. I think that would be a good way to do that. Okay, excellent. And now you gave me the third piece. Thank you for the insight. And so all of you listening, you can do this for yourself too. do it right now. Again, talk about it with your partner or your loved one or someone that you're sharing life with. If there is someone for you like that, have that conversation. So for the career piece of it, does that mean, and I'm going to check you on this, do you (laughs) turn your phone off or do you actually, if I were to text, what would you do during that sacred dinner time? I would tell you I'm meeting dinner. (laughs) Okay. Are you willing to actually do that in advance of the dinner? This is much like the last one where you would tell, not you, the person would tell their boss. (laughs) that, Hey, I can't meet this deadline. Here's why. And here's what I need. Would you be willing to set that table early and say, Hey, this is sacred dinner time. I'm unavailable block. Yeah. (laughs) So what I want you to do is take this scenario and apply it to you. So if you need time with your loved one to have a meal and you love cooking and it is feeding you literally and your well-being, and you are someone who works let's say a varied amount of hours in this new way of work, take that hour or 45 minutes or hour and a half, or even 30 minutes, like give yourself that time for yourself and your loved one and food and community. It's communal to eat together. It doesn't have to be with your whole neighborhood, right? It could simply be two people or whatever it is. And the, and is turn off the phone and let the person or people that need you at all hours or, or maybe evening hours, if that's how you like to work, let them know that sacred time and when you will be back online. So many of you resent being like sought after during your offline time, yet you don't actually tell anyone you're offline for fear that, oh my gosh, somehow they won't be able to reach me. Or some of us even feel like, well, then what will happen to my business if I'm not available 24 seven and we are not a 24 seven shop as human beings. No, so no, how was that? <laughs> I like it. I'll text you tonight when I go eat dinner. <laughs> Excellent. And thank you for guinea pigging. That was wonderful. Thank you. You're very welcome. Okay, we have time for one more, don't we? Yes, we have okay. time for one more. So last one, dear Dana Mahina, any tips for calming the mind and achieving clarity while in a stressful situation at work? Okay. So I know that we posted a grounding meditation video. And for any of you that have followed me for a while, I am terrible at meditation. I'm still looking for a practice that will stick. I have tried every app, every method, guided, not guided, candles, music, good sense, uh, every app, honestly, that exists. And I'm still working it out. Sometimes petting my dogs, I've shared this on other episodes, is meditative, and that's good enough. That's fine. So here's what I would say to you. I had this interesting epiphany. So I had not traveled for work in about two years, and I recently did travel. So I was at an airport, and what I loved 
about the modernization of airports is that real life is showing up there now. And I'm not talking just about the spa where you can get your nails done if you have a long layover. That is not actually what I'm talking about. As nice as that is, here's what I'm talking about. There was a very beautifully appointed nursing station for moms who need to nurse babies. And if any of you have seen these or used these at the airports, that did not exist a few years ago. This is a recent development. And if you think about nursing a baby or even pumping, if you need to pump to provide breast milk for your baby at work, we did not have private areas for women until recently at work either. So to me, this has a lot to do with your question in terms of being able to meditate or ground at work. We need space. We need privacy. There needs to be an acknowledgement that it is okay. It is okay. So I'm going to do a really quick, like really quick version of grounding at work. And I'm going to tell you how I used to do it. I would go into the bathroom because it was the only place I could feel comfortable and safe and private enough to be able to ground and meditate at work. Even if I had an office with a door shut, I wasn't going to like close my blinds and someone could see me. Oh, like it just, that was not the culture in any of my workplaces. And some of these were to the earlier point, eights out of 10 in culture, or I set the culture if I was the leader. So it's still very strange. And it feels a little strange ourselves sometimes to be able to do these you know, more what I would call soft skill, emotionally intelligent, spiritual practices at work. So I'd go into the bathroom and I would literally look at myself in the mirror if no one else was in the bathroom. So I'm just like, when did you do this? I never caught you. I, I never, never saw this happen. So this is all news to me. <laughs> you heard it here first. I am coming all the way out with my grounding at work in the bathroom. And if you look at yourself in the mirror, you can try this in the bathroom at home or with a hand mirror or any mirror in the car. Don't do it while you're driving. If you're, if you're parked and you have the mirror, obviously the rear view mirror, or even a little mirror on your visor, there's a really important grounding exercise where you look at yourself. And all you say either out loud or in your own mind is I am grounded. Now I can't explain why you have to actually look at your own left eye. (laughs) So really (laughs) focus on your left eye. If you're doing this with another person, it's way easier. You look at their left eye, they look at your left eye and it really connects you. It connects you all the way down into the earth. It connects you all the way up beyond the sky. It's this thread of universalness where you really feel like, wow, I'm taking a breath. I'm taking a break and I'm tuning out anything that's noisy or filled with friction or driving me crazy. And it literally can be five seconds, 15 seconds. Frankly, I don't know that I've ever done it for more than 30 seconds. And you don't even need to do the whole grounding meditation exercise that I teach on the video. Because after you practice that a couple of times, all you have to do is look at yourself, especially on the left and say, I'm grounded. And if you do that three times, I'm grounded, I'm grounded, I'm grounded. It's like you are transported to a different place. It is the break you need. And for those of you that literally have a hard time taking breaks at work, you know who you are. You can take a mental walk around the block. It's better to go outside and take the walk, you can actually do a mental walk around the block. And sometimes if you just get in front of a mirror and have a couple seconds to yourself 
and you do that, I'm grounded, I'm grounded, I'm grounded, you will be amazed the space it creates. And then you can go back to whatever you're doing. Yeah, so I just want to quickly add, since you've, you've taught this to me um, a while back, and when you talk about the mental walk around the block, this is something I kind of learned the hard way, but no phones. Like, you can't mental walk around the block and scroll your Instagram or Twitter. For, I mean, you should definitely follow us, but don't do it when you're trying to ground yourself. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, no electronics, turn your email off, turn any of the alerts off. You really do, when you're taking this mental break, you need the break on all fronts. Close your eyes. You're going to look a little weird, but it's fine. Like just close your eyes, give your brain a break and allow it to kind of center and then actually hear what you're saying and not hear I'm grounded. Oh, there's an email. I'm grounded. Oh, there's a notification. I'm grounded. <laughs> you're grounded. Go to your room. And exactly. station break, let's do a public service announcement. This will be a fabulous way to wrap this up. And I, I love what you're adding and the fact that you've experienced it. And, and Sonia, you are really representative of the people I want to help. Up and coming people that are sort of like social entrepreneurs and solopreneurs and all kinds of start your own business and be multifaceted with your passions, really integrating together with the work that you're doing, even how you get paid. Like you are such a role model for others and you're the kind of person I really want to help. So the well, you do help me. So you're doing quite well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. They can't see my bow or my curtsy. So the public service announcement I want to give is that we are on able as human beings to multitask our way through taking a break. And what I mean by that is to pick up on what Sonia said, do not take your phone to the damn bathroom. Please stop taking your phone to the bathroom. If you're having full on conversations while in the bathroom, you know what I'm talking about, like doing your business in the bathroom. It is not okay. I don't know where that came from or why that happens, but multitasking is such a waste of our time. It actually keeps us from productivity. This is also measured and proven quantifiably. Look it up, yep. Google anything on multitasking. It doesn't work. And that also really distracts other people. It is so, I don't want to hear your conversation. It is so off-putting. And to Sonia's point. Just, Honestly, it's the worst. It's the worst. If you guys are having full-on phone conversations in a public bathroom, stop. like stop. You're the, like, just please. <laughs> do us all a favor <laughs> wait <laughs> and you may not be as good with your mute button as you think you are and some of you don't even care so here's what i want you to do i want you to realize and we've talked about this in other episodes as well your phone gets more of a break in life than you your phone gets charged most of the day and or all of the night and you know you charge your phones because what i've learned on the islands of Hawaii is so cool. They call the phone your brain, which is, they're not actually being serious. They're, they're giving you a hard time. Our phone is not our brain. We treat it as if it is, we couldn't function without our brain because that's the phone. Turn it off, give it a break, charge it. Your real brain, your real mind, your heart, which is a very vital organ. Oh, by the way, whether you're spiritual or not, and the rest of you, your whole self, needs to be recharged. And if it's 30 seconds to say I'm grounded and feel it and take a reset or to, as Sonia put, close your eyes and just shut everything out for a few seconds, that will not actually have any effect. It will not do you any good if you're also multitasking with your phone. 
So that is the close and the wrap of today's Dear Dana Mahina special episode. And we would love to hear from you. We would love more questions. We would love more situations you're faced with. And we would love your feedback. Did you like this show? Did you not like it? Did you get anything out of it? How did it work? Like We are really, we are desperate for your feedback. Sometimes it's really hard to be a show host and not receive enough feedback to know if you're doing good in the world. So let us know, score us one to 10, one being crap, 10 being outstanding. How are we doing on helping you in this new modern way? Sonia, you're going to get the last word because you know, every guest gets the last word. Take it. Oh, I didn't prepare for that. So just to echo Dana, really, we are here. We want to help you, our listeners. Like that, that really is why Dana wanted to do this. It's why I'm involved. So let us know. There's so many ways to reach us. You have to try not to reach us at this point. And let us know if you like what we're doing, what you would like to see. Maybe you'd like to see us talk about something. Or you'd like to see Dana talk about something. And that's it. And that's a wrap. We did it. <laughs> Yay! And until next time, I love to say a hooey ho, Hawaiian for until next time. <laughs> until next time. Ete <laughs> pu